we interrupt this broadcast to bring you a breaking content warning. This podcast, which has escaped and is headed towards Slaughter Swamp, has occasionally been known to talk about dirty things, including penises, and often says the fuck word. You have been warned. Hi everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. We're your aeronauts and we're back with more word balloons. We've been flying higher in our own hot air, but have stopped our journey to Slaughter Swamp to answer your nerdy questions. So with that in mind, Zach, what's our question this week? Was Stan Lee responsible for the Power Rangers? So, every time we sit down to record these, I have one of these where I'm like, this one is where you take it, Zach. Uh-huh, no, this is... And here's the thing. I know that indirectly, the answer is going to be indirectly yes. Because otherwise we wouldn't be bringing it up. The answer is almost. Editor and Stoway Steven here. I just finished parking all the Zords in the the garage, by the way. Better not have scratched them this time. Spider-Man is why we have Zords, but we'll get to that on a different episode. Um, I did scratch them up. I scratched up your favorite one, and you'll know why. Fine. Okay. Yeah. I do want to know, did did he do this? Cause... Again, the answer is no, but almost. So for those of you who are unaware, which if you're of our generation, you probably know whether you want to or not, Power Rangers, the story of usually five teenagers with attitude of different color patterns, fight monsters, use giant robots. It's great. But the way that they make it beyond uh, super cheaply, beyond just for the most part, not doing union work, is they take Japanese tokusatsu shows, which toku... I'm never sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but... Tokusatsu, we all know what you mean. Tokusatsu just means that the whole body is covered. Like, it's a it's a full-body design. Technically, Godzilla kind of counts. Uh, Ultraman is a great example. Mm-hmm. Power Rangers. So all of the robots are just also people in costumes as well, like the, the, the Megazord. It's Super Sentai in Japan, right? Uh, Super Sentai is the main series. It's the, like, Marvel uh-huh. of the... And then Tokusatsu is the genre. Uh-huh. I mean, like, Power Rangers versus... Super Sentai, yes. And the way that they do it is they just take the fight scenes from those Super Sentai shows and get American actors to to act out the various scenes. Now, Stanley was not responsible for the Power Rangers, and he is not responsible for that setup. He is responsible for, or almost responsible for, that genre being brought over to America. Because, thanks to a deal that he made with... uh, when he, He and Marvel made with the... God, it's one of those ones I've never said out loud. Toei Company? Oh, okay, yeah. T-O-E-I. Yeah, Toei. Toei. The Toei Company of cross-promotion. They made a Japanese Spider-Man tokusatsu show. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. That included Leopardomon. Leopardomon, who is a giant robot that Spider-Man summons to fight things. And he's going to be in the next Spider-Verse movie. And I'm know, so happy. So excited. Uh, Fuck yes. Yes, it's great. We might do a general nerdery episode on those sometime just because I... We will do more on him because I love him. Please do. But, I don't know enough. Um, and meanwhile, Stan Lee tried to shop out a... Uh, it was supposed to just be a dubbed version of a show titled It's Sun Vulcan Something... Tayo Sentai Sun Vulcan, which is a Power Rangers show, but not Power Rangers. I mean, this genre is huge in Japan, Mm -hmm. or at least, I don't know if it's still as big, but in the 70s, it was 
gigantic TV. It's still pretty big TV. I mean, they're still making it. Like, I know yeah, they're still no, like, and they're still doing... You know, Kikaider falls under this... Uh, not necessarily for ones that they made themselves, but also huge in Mexico because of the way the licensing rights worked. Mm-hmm. And now, that was some of this stuff that they were able to get on TV. No one was willing to buy it in the 70s, in their words, because they watched one episode and went, what? No. It's too goofy. <laughs> in the same way that no one thought Power Rangers was going to work. Oddly, the thing that kind of made it much more acceptable in the public eye is Kids in the Hall. The, I want to say, Canadian sketch group. Mm-hmm. Wild. How? Because they did their own dubs of a series called uh, Something Dynaman. Kagaku Sentai Dynaman as their own six-episode short just called Dynaman that was later actually showed on Adult Swim, among other things. And it was just a parody of it with them, you know, goofing in the lines. And people really liked it. So was it, it was Kids in the Hall doing the MXC. voiceover for Dynaman. That's awesome. Yes, pretty much. I really want to find these. That's awesome. Now, also more MXC. But oh god, I love most extreme elimination challenge. Man, last episode we were talking about Spike TV. That is peak Spike TV yes. right there. So, Dynaman in the same way did not bring Power Rangers to America, but it helped normalize the idea. And then a man named Haim Saban, who runs the Saban Company, who is also kind of a dickbag from what I can see, wildly anti-union, so I'm automatically, my opinions are showing through, Mm -hmm. um, was in a hotel in either Japan or the Philippines, I can't remember, and literally the only thing on TV was a Super Sentai show. And he was fascinated with it. So he just made Power Rangers. And everyone's like, all right, that'll get, that'll fill a time slot and maybe sell a couple of toys for, you know, like a season. They made a deal for 40 episodes or something like that. Okay. And it became a worldwide sensation overnight. It burned out almost as quickly as the, like, you know, big name Mm -hmm. franchise, but they're on their, like, 30th season. So something's working. I just. How many spinoffs? Well, I mean, every two or three years they come up with their own, like, mm-hmm. it, it's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers, Power Rangers CEO. I'm sad. The number of these that I can list in row. The car one. Turbo? I don't know. Not important. Mostly I know this because we just did a Power Rangers episode of General Nerdery not that long ago. The samurai mm-hmm. one. The one in space. The samurai space one. You know, like that's kind of how it starts to go. <laughs> the samurai one. The space one. The samurai space one. <laughs> their new one, they're like, it's a it's a dinosaur one. I'm like, that. so is the first one. Oh, but they're more dinosaur now. I will say I did just watch a Twitter announcement of... The original Black Ranger and the original Blue Ranger coming back for a 30th anniversary special. Awesome. Blue Ranger has aged significantly. In, I mean, it's been 30 years, of course, but, like, the other guy looks like he could be, like, 30. You know, Billy is clearly 50, and that's okay, because that's Humans. what you should like at 50. Like, that's not, but, like, yeah. like, damn, Zach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the answer is no, but, like... More connected than you would have thought. He may have played a role in it, but he didn't necessarily like. He didn't. He didn't put the ball in the hoop, but he definitely he took a shot. He got he was, the ball on, on the, the side court. of the court right? that it needed to be in. None of us play sports. Why are we making this analogy? He uh, not anymore. I played a number of sports. I played baseball. I was in track. Well, field. I was the useless member of a so- of a little league soccer team. I did all the throwing Man. events in, tra- in track and field. I Being a thrower great. was so much fun. 
I would have been great at that, but they're like, you have to run at least a mile every day. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I quit. <laughs> I just immediately. I, it wasn't a mile that we had to run, but we did have to do laps at the thing. And it was like, Whatever it was, the moment people told me I had to run as a child, I was out. And I think we did have to do the mile, but we didn't. We only had to do it once. But if you weren't doing running events, you would only just have to do like warm-up laps. Yeah. Which I kind of miss in all honesty now that I think about it. It's <laughs> like, as an adult, like, shit, that was some structured routine ability to go do exercise. Ah, fuck, I need that. I uh, I was in it to keep in shape for football anyway, so, yeah, the, the conditioning sucked, but it's why I was there, unfortunately, so. <laughs> I like to huck stuff, so I threw the shot yeah, no, put. I, I was all discus. into the shot putt and discus. I was like... hoping to throw a javelin like we get to, like like a real javelin, but they only had the, they had it, basically, it was like two and a half feet long and it was basically like a nerf oh. dart type thing that had like a big snubbed spiral tip on one end and then like fins coming off the back so it was very hard to kill someone with it it is even farther off topic than we already were but anytime Look, i think of the javelin i think of revenge of the nerds where like, they throw the javelin and it's like wobbling through the air because they designed it to do that. In order to keep our journey going, we're going to have to drop some ballast. Luckily, Zach is stuffed to the brim with assorted genre facts. I'll prod him a bit and see what shakes loose. Remember, any mis- misses or mistakes will have to be made up for at the end of our trip. Today, we'll keep this expedition's theme of DC villains. So, Zach, what knowledge can you drop on Dr. Die Hard? Is this a guy who has his doctorate in the movie Die Hard? So just Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to go with Redemption. I got nothing. That is... That's a good poll, Tyler. Good job. I do enjoy just to, you know, fill in a little bit of time here. The There's a running gag in some of the Dr. Midnight stories of he's one of the only actual doctors. <laughs> <laughs> and people keep being like, wow, you're acting. He's like, God, I hate it when, uh, like, people call themselves doctor or whatever. I'm Googling him real fast, even though I'm obviously going to do a... Yeah, I want to know what he looks like. His name is Hans Lecter. Created by Keith Giffen. Oh, so he's from, um... Oh, what did they call him? He's their Magneto analog. He's from The Extremists, which was a thing from JLI... I'll still do a redemption. I'm just going to say this part. The, the thing from Justice League International where basically a bunch of Marvel villains who aren't Marvel villains get brought over to this world. And there's one that's like Doc Ock. There's one that's Magneto here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I think there's a Doctor... Yes, there's definitely a Doctor Doom. Yeah. So really, I'll, I'll go into more detail, but he is a Magneto analog. He's Yes. He's DC's Magneto. Well, that's Dr. Polaris, but... but And that's the thing. He's also not... He's actually closer to a different X-Men character, but we'll get into that. One of his older designs with the giant D, double Ds on the chest <laughs> is very bad. <laughs> the, giant, the giant double Ds on the chest? But there's a mo- more I mean, Daredevil's look. got that, then it doesn't work It works bad. for him. It doesn't work for <laughs> Dr. Diehard. To make it even better, the alternate Earth that they're from, the alternate planet, is named Angor. <laughs> so goddamn dumb. There, there was some commentary going on on the state of the comic industry at the time. I hope that was an ballast. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I'm hoping so too. Uh, that's it for today, folks. We're taking off. Before we go, we'd like to remind you to hit subscribe and check out all of our sister shows at earvrm.com. That is e-a-r-v-v-y-r-m.com. Other ways to get in touch with and follow us will be in the show notes. And as always, we'd like to give a special thanks to our editor Stephen Gady and to Ian Ford for our theme song tracks. Until next time, I'm Tyler. And I'm Zach. Up, up, and away.